good evening or morning or afternoon. Uh, I've got Rich here. So we have something special planned for you for the next. And what it's going to be is puppy stuff. So Rich and I have been talking about putting together an online course for puppies. And that was kind of the goal when we got Django was to put together a full course um, that you know we would put up available for our people or available on its own for how to raise your puppy right. But the more we got thinking about it, as we're thinking and thinking and thinking, the more it's going to be hard to do because each puppy is different. So we thought instead of having an online course on how to train your puppy, we would address those here on the webinar, um, which we later upload onto YouTube and up onto our podcast um, to make it free for everybody, <laughs> right? To make it free for everybody. And then um, we'd be available to you whenever other questions come up. Um, so we wanted to share with you since we picked up Django a week ago on Wednesday. So we've had um, a week tomorrow. Uh, what we're doing, what we're working on with them. And we're going to do this every week. Uh, we're hoping to do at least eight weeks worth, which is two months. Um, but we'll see how he's doing then and how we can do it. So tonight, guys, if we can keep the questions focused on puppy stuff, um, that would be fantastic. I'll go through them um, later on. Do you see him out there? Um, I'll go through them later on and answer because you know how I kind of get sidetracked. So feel free to ask your questions. Um, but just know that I do get sidetracked pretty easily. So we're, we're going to try to keep on point here. So first we wanted to talk about what the heck's going on because last week I told you guys that we were, uh, look, and he's got good poops too, um, that we were getting a Doberman and that we're going to put the Malinois off until the fall. And then Wednesday I got a Malinois. So what happened was uh, Arrow was my service dog. Uh, he unexpectedly died in December at six years old. And we were expecting him to live a lot longer than that. We were hoping at least 12 years. Uh, and so in Gypsy, who's our golden retriever, when we were breeding her and she was coming into heat, that era would work fully during that time instead of them switching off and on. But he died. So that option left. And the house just wasn't the same without a Malinois in it. Now, I don't recommend Malinois as service dogs. Do you recommend Malinois as service dogs? No. No, we don't do that. No, wait, I could. Arrow is a great service dog. It all depends. No, but um, what'd you but, tell the um, gentleman today who dropped off his dog for boot camp about um, having a Malinois? Oh yeah, it's great if you don't have an eight-hour job and you are um, with your dog all the time, and they wake up in the morning, and you're like, you're like, wake up, may wake up, well, Malinois, it's six a.m. and I want to do something with you, and then you don't stop wanting to do with anything with the Malinois until it's time to go to bed, and you're like, go to bed. Where the Malinois is going, oh, I just can't do anymore. And you're like, no, Malinois. <laughs> you can move closer, honey. So well, it doesn't right look like you're super far off. Right so we, being professional dog trainers, move closer. So look, you're not on the screen. Um, okay. So being professional dog trainers. By the way, am I on this screen? Yes. Or um, what no. about this small No, one? that's just to help us. Okay, because I'm really cut off of the other one. I know, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> So um, being professional dog trainers who have Malinois and working dog experience, who know how to keep a Malinois satisfied because they are very bitey dogs. We knew, well, he didn't know. I actually did it without him knowing because happy Christmas to him. And then we got him on his birthday. Um, the house wasn't the same. And after Era died, there was just a hole in my heart. The gypsy couldn't fill with all her smiles. And I needed another Malinois. 
and it started to mend finally after how many months. But before Christmas, we put in a deposit on one of Ivan's dogs. Now, how we chose a Malinois was, like I said, because I have the experience, because Era worked out so wonderful for me as a service dog. And um, I told you he died in December. In October, November, we were looking at golden retriever males because I knew I needed something a little bit taller. And I had a couple clients who were looking, so I was kind of helping them out too and reaching out looking for breeders who would have a male golden retriever who would be service dog material. And guess what? They didn't get back to me. I reached out to two or three of them and I never heard anything back from them. So that was disappointing. Um, but whenever I reached out to the two, two of the top Malinois breeders in the country, they got back to me immediately, approved me immediately and said, yes, you can totally have one of our dogs, um, which was pretty awesome because like I said, the golden people didn't get back to me, but the Malinois people, the best ones in the country were like, yes, take one of my dogs, please. You know, like, you're awesome. I like you. So that really meant a lot to us. So to be fair about getting back to people, I've got a bunch of people to get back to and I will make my, I'll make my calls. I'm like two weeks behind, but okay. He is. So, but that's okay. But that'll, that'll feed him tonight. We'll see. Maybe. Well, I figured that's what you're going to do, but I, I harangued you into coming. Yeah. Here. Now I'm doing this instead of calling the people that I should be calling. Okay. Um, so we put the deposit down. Now here's the thing with working with a good breeder guys is they have a wait list usually. So we got on the list before Christmas and it was mid April and we were told probably wouldn't be one of these litters. He had two litters go home in April. I would probably be one of the litters that would be going home in July. So we decided to get the Doberman. Um, so we still haven't heard when she's coming in um, that we were going to get her and we were going to push off the, the puppy until fall. Uh, so Tuesday last week, webinar Tuesday, we put the we paid for the Doberman, you know, ordered her, I guess. And uh, I was going to, once we heard, I was going to message Ivan and tell him, you know, we decided that instead of getting one of the dogs going home in July, it's a hot time of year in Florida. And we, we didn't want to bring a puppy home for service dog work then because there's so much that we do with the puppies uh, to get them prepped for it. And having them outside, whenever it's 100 degrees outside, would not be fun for me. So we, instead, we just, we were going to put it off. Well, he messages me around nine o'clock last Tuesday. And he says, Vicky, I've got something for you. And then he sends me pictures of the cutest puppy ever. You want to see the pictures? I'll show the you. The day after. The day of. The day. Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> the day the, of. The day of, but a little later in the day after we um, uh, made the deal. But he us. sent me this picture, guys. And he sent me, what's the other picture? You're being very good. This picture, like, how can you not fall in love with that face? And that whole like his derpy look, like, look at that face. Yeah. So um, I asked him if we could come down the next day. He said he's. This is what Ivan said about him. Pretty, nice big boy, pretty solid for Mavis and Ice. Ice is his competition dog. He was born on two twenty four, and he's ready for pickup. So what we did is we went down Wednesday morning, um, last week, and we picked him up. So he was eight weeks on Sunday and we picked him up on Wednesday. So we wanted to talk about that. Now I did, Ivan did pick him out for us. Um, we had gone down there and talked to him about what exactly we're looking for. And I did tell him I wanted a golden retriever and a Malinois body. Uh, we told him about Arrow, uh, you know, about having a service dog, about the service dogs and be going to Disney and Universal with us every week. And we needed a bomb proof dog who could be around people around dogs and not care. Or who wasn't, I mean, you can imagine at Disney with big crowds, 
we don't want him. We don't want him to have a problem if he's teased by a four-year-old, yeah, or um, uh, or teased by a seventy-year-old. You know, I mean, because uh, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So we, uh, so yeah, so we picked up both of we picked up him, and we still have Candy coming. I'm supposed to hear tomorrow about when she is arriving. So I'm hoping that we do. Um, but but yeah, so we have both of them. So here he is. Here's Django. So he was the J litter. How Ivan names his is each litter um, starts with the next letter of the alphabet. So he's the J litter. And uh, we let Luke name him. We had a list of maybe about a half a dozen names that we liked. And Luke picked Django up. He picked up Django. He picked it up. And Django's so cute. And he's very, very squirmy. And he's very cute. Hi. And he makes little grunts. Um, so we have two doggy doors. And he's already figured those out, which are nice. Doesn't mean he's perfect. Um, please don't tell me that, you know, my dog's totally house trained. He's nine weeks old and he's totally house trained. No, like you're just lucky. Um, until they're about six months old, they're not fully house trained. Um, so he still has accidents. He had, he had an accident today. Yeah. Um, the first day driving him home. So I did a little video clip. If you go back on the dream dogs page from last Wednesday. And he's the cutest little piranha ever. He is the cutest piranha. Um, but you know, Gypsy was bitier than he was. Uh, he's actually, I mean, he's actually... Very, very well picked out. I think. I think. Um, I think Ivan chose this dog because he knew just what we were looking for. He did, and so that was a great thing. We made the trip down there. He's only less than an hour from us, but we went down there, like I said, the beginning of April, and talked about what it is that we were looking for. And so that enabled him to match up. And so my name wasn't next on the list, but he said the next three breedings aren't going to have what I want. And whenever he got this dog. He's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be perfect for them. So that's what you want from your breeder. Don't be one who says, no, I must pick them out. Because I tell you, it was like Noah's Ark. Like two, 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 and two for this breed. Uh, for this litter, they all look different. Um, one of them I thought was a Siamese cat. Um, it, it was so light colored and it was so, you know, it was much smaller and daintier. Um, I trusted Ivan to pick out the dog for me. Um, he has experience working with, you know, service dogs, with the guide dogs, um, with doing what he's doing. He's been breeding, I think, since the 80s. So I trust that he's going to pick out the best dog and he's, for and us. And he knows the litters that he's working with. He's he's right there. So so it's good if you know, you know, if you, both people know what they're looking for, it's very clear. Um, uh, I think it's going to work out. This dog seems pretty good. Yeah. So he, he can get a little. We had group class on Saturday uh, here at the ranch, and he was a little bit snarky uh, but he was also super tired because he had been up from about 6 30 and then class this was probably around 11 30 and he hadn't really slept so he was so flipping cranky so this is how your puppy is going to be scheduled um okay he chose we met okay so i, I made a list so, of things i wanted to talk about tonight lots of sleep right lots of okay, sleep good. lots of sleep guys um, so we're going to get to that in a second remind me of that one so okay. we picked him up he screamed and barked in that crate we put a crate have a crate for your of all that is holy. Have a crate for your dog. I don't care if you never want to crate your dog. Have a crate for your dog, or your life is going to be hell. And we don't want your life to be hell. And plus, you don't want too much too much of dogs wandering around not knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Eating doing, electrical cords. Getting worried about what they're supposed to be doing when they're wandering around. Instead, they can be right in the crate with you. So we put the, we put a blanket that. in the back of the jeep, and then we put his crate in there, and. You know, we got him. We put him in there. We, okay, we put yeah. him in there. We went to go look at the other puppies just to see. And, you know, we're talking and all. 
While we were gone, he pooped in his crate and he danced in it at pickup. He danced all over. So we went back and um, and I've helped us clean it out. You know, he, he took it into it and like scrubbed it out for us and, and hosed off the puppy. And the puppy's just lying there, which is arms like, I don't care, guys. Uh, and then the whole drive Wiping home. his feet on my shirt. You know. It was nice. Okay. Instead of smelling like goats and chickens, you smelled like poo. Yeah. So, so no one came up, hey, you smell like a goat. Or <laughs> So, you know, we're driving back, and he's just screaming at the top of his lungs because he doesn't want to be in a crate. How dare he be in a crate? Um, and like I said, I did have video of that, so you can go back and watch that um, and hear what you can hear from it because I had a headache when we were done. Um, but he wasn't used to being in a crate. So we got home, and he hadn't messed in the crate a second time just while we were there. Uh, we let him outside, and we let him meet our dogs. So Gypsy and Zoe are fine with dogs. Gypsy's great with dogs. Zoe's just fine with dogs. And then Rue hates dogs. So um, he's learning to leave Rue alone, uh, which is nice, um, which is what you want. What is this support to? A diffuser. Okay. Um, yeah. We need to strap all the cords down and puppy-proof this. Uh, okay, go ahead. So, continue talking. Okay. I'll work this over. Okay. You can unplug that, too, if you want to. It doesn't need to be plugged in down there. It might be. Um, no, it's not. I'm um, telling you what it is. No, I know, but I'm seeing if it's been chewed or not. Okay. No, it hasn't been. So uh, so he comes home, and we have a fenced area, too. So he is in the dog yard, and we had him meet um, Gypsy, of course, and Zoe. And he wanted to stay right by me. Um, he didn't want to go, Richard, you're... Drink. Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just knocked it over. Oh I'm, to I'm totally helping. I really am. I'm helping. See? You can oh. ignore that. Um, so we, luckily I had a, a dishcloth back here. Um, so, so they met. Now, if your dog is not friendly, don't start with that. You know, um, start them through crates meeting each other. But I know my dogs, my dogs are used to having stranger dogs come over. My dogs are used to having dogs come over for play dates. So for them, it's nothing, especially for Gypsy who loves it. Uh, so, so we let them outside and, and do that. And he played for a bit and we brought him in and we put him in a crate. And of course he screamed again. Um, Rich and I had to go to Rotary that night. So he, uh, yeah, we we were invited to a Rotary club. Yeah. Fun. We, we got to speak. It was super fun. We got to, spoke there. we got to speak on, um, service dogs. So we went there and we brought Gypsy and he was at home with Luke. Django was, and again, he pooped in his crate, he peed in his crate and pooped in his crate again and danced in it. So do you hear that? That's Rue telling Django to leave him alone. And Django has to learn to leave him alone and what things mean. So I'm not going to yell at Rue for that, for, for letting Django know to leave him alone. Rue, Django's figuring it out. But Rue hasn't had to snark at him or anything, just kind of do that growl. And dogs communicate and growl is a communication. So like I said, I'm okay with that. Um, no, we keep an eye on it. Yeah, of course. For sure, we keep an eye on it. We're, we're aware we're very aware and in the, in the, in consider every little bit of communication between them. But um, that seemed okay to me. Yeah. Um, so like I said, size-wise crate, small enough that they can move and circle and stand, big enough that they really can't poop at one end and, and sleep on the other end um, because you don't want that. So we have, again, because of what we do, we have a bunch of crates. So he is in, I think this is a 24-inch crate. Yeah, I think maybe that's what it is. Um, it's one of our smaller crates. It's what we use when we get the little dogs in, uh, because he's just a little puppy right now. And it's small enough that it's back in the bedroom. We actually had to switch sides of the bed, uh, because Rich's, my side was up against the wall and his side was up against the room. And Django is sleeping by the bed in a crate. And I put a couple of toys in there. Um, we'll get to the crate stuff in a minute. 
Uh, in the daytime, I usually move the crate into the living room so he can see us. So we went yesterday to lunch and then to go see the Avengers movie. Uh, and we left him here with Luke again because Luke was doing schoolwork. And so we just had his crate in there by Luke's desk where he does his schoolwork. So it worked. Um, and he's getting more used to it. But we spend a lot of time outside, a lot of time, uh, because we want him to potty outside. And so we're sitting right here. I have the door open. You guys can see the door right here because this one has the doggy storm door. So we're hoping he goes in and out, and then the door to the rest of the house is shut. So if he does have an accident, it's in here. But he, if the door's open, he seems to go outside to potty, and I'm sure it's just a coincidence because he peed right beside the door today. And I don't know if he was too full and he couldn't get out. Inside or out of it? Inside. Inside. Yeah, he's got he's got work. He's to not do. potty trained yet. As he's I got said, work to do on the potty until they're six thing. months old, expect to have accidents. If you can go with one accident or less a day, you're doing good. Uh, if you can go for no accidents while he's sleeping through the night. So if you're making a daily list of um uh, here for yeah, I'm crystal. Assuming. If you're making a, a list of how long in a day, when in a in the day the dog should be in a crate. Well, 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 here we go. Here's probably what, when he's sleeping at night. Well, hold on. This is this is what we're doing. Um, Django at nine weeks old. This is this is his life. Is he's in the crate at night? Now, last night we were exhausted. We were in bed by about nine thirty, which means um, I got up two or three times a night and let him out. Um, sometimes he whines. Sometimes I get up and I'm like, well, I'm going to let him out anyway and see if he has to go potty. Um, Two nights ago, I shut the door and I forgot to latch it. Well, he didn't even try to get out. So how awesome was that? Uh, but he's in there all night long. And then during, like I said, during the night, he goes out a couple times to potty. Um, I'll go out with him sometimes. Gypsy goes out with him every time. They'll play a few minutes. Um, sometimes they don't want to come in because they're having fun playing. But they come back and he goes right back in his crate. And he falls right back to sleep right now. He might be up for a couple, maybe two minutes. But he knows the crate means he can sleep and not have to worry about missing out on any fun. So he'll... He goes in the crate. We get up anywhere from 7 until 8, sometimes 6.30. Uh, and, again, he goes outside. He'll play. I'll shut the door and leave that door open while I get my shower. He'll sometimes come in the shower, and I'll give him a quick hose off. Um, but he – then I'll work on the computer for a little bit. So he'll be hour to 2. At that time, he'll eat his breakfast. Um, he'll get playtime outside. He'll get training session in. And then he's ready for another nap. So say that was eight o'clock, say 10 o'clock, he's ready for another nap. He should sleep then until two or two or, or 12, one, two, somewhere around there um, because he sleeps. Now here's the problem. And here's why I like the crate is if I put him in the crate, he's going to go to sleep and, and sleep well. If I expect him to just lie in the middle of the floor and do it, he's going to be distracted. If a cat walks by, if one of the boot camp dogs barks, if he hears somebody walking right beside him, he's going to get distracted and not sleep as well at this point in his life. So he's basically up for an hour or two tops, two hours tops, or he starts getting cranky. And then he, oh, Rich just brought him back a toy. Um, yeah, he for, likes stuff. One for Rue, just so Rue doesn't feel left out. You're nice. Nice doggy daddy. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so he's going to play with that. He does like the stuffed toys, so we'll make sure he has those. But that's basically how it goes is an hour or two out, and that includes outside time, potty time, um, treat feeding time. Now, I do use treats. This is what we're using currently are these pet botanics. These are the minis, so these are half the size of the normal ones. 
Um, We've now, had a whole lot of outside time today. He did, yeah, yeah. He's getting a whole lot of time. That's why I like. So it's not like he was not I mean, you're, you're not following what you just said today because he was just outside playing and doing a lot outside today. Well, he also was sleeping while we were watching Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, that's true. So he that was sleeping on the floor while for about an hour and a half while we were watching it. Yeah. Um, at my feet. So you know, then he can come back. So here technically, and play. that could be great time. But yeah, that should have been great time, but we didn't have the crate in the living room because yeah. he's back here. So he fell asleep with Gypsy on the floor, and now he's back here playing. Um, when we're done with this, he'll probably eat and then, you know, play a little bit more and, and go back to sleep. And that's kind of the, the cycle is crate, potty, play, train, eat, potty again, sleep. But it's only about an hour to two that they're out and that they're active. Um, because if not, he'll get, he was like, at the cat. And one of the other dogs, I'm like, dude, you are so cranky. Just go to sleep. And then whenever he wakes up, he's like, I love you. And he's like licking your face and he's so happy. But whenever he's not, he's a bear. Um, so yeah. Oh, he was whining in his crate. So we do have a bonker, which is a rolled up towel. We had that for the first night and I just popped it on the crate a couple times. And that was all it took. So um, outside pottying, like I said, we do have the dog doors. Um, we are teaching him to potty on command. So what that means is when he's outside, I tell him my command, which is go potty. And I wait him out if 30 seconds has passed, which is the Jeopardy Think song. 30 seconds has passed and he has some potty. Uh-uh, go potty. If he's playing with Gypsy, I'm not going to tell him go potty. But if he starts sniffing and circling and, like, looking for a place, wandering off on his own, I'm going to tell him go potty as soon as he is done. Not as soon as he starts to pee because, oh, my gosh, his little legs lifting up as he's peeing. So uh, at this age, even Rue go away, Richard. This is why he can't have toys. Now he doesn't have any. Gypsy stole one, and Rue took one. Gypsy's trying to get him to play too. I know. Gypsy's a good girl. Rue's a jerk, but Gypsy's good. Gypsy. And Gypsy just took the toy outside, so that's okay. Jenga will go outside She's too. Coming back for Jenga. There she goes. Yeah, she loves him. She's gonna be a good mom. So we do name it, but as soon as he is done pottying, that's whenever we praise them. What a good boy. What a good boy. If I had my clicker, I could click and treat him. Um, sometimes I'll tell him, good boy, let's go in and get a treat. Um, because you want him to potty outside. No, I don't name it pee and poo. I don't name it one and two. It's just go potty. Uh, and But I do, but but it does sort of happen at two different times. So yeah. so I say go potty, and then I just sort of go potty uh, again yeah. after they pee. Yep. Sort of repetitive. But, it is. Okay. But then you'll know, too, how much your dog eats versus how much he poops. So we do do the meal times because I used to do training opportunities. He eats about two cups twice a day. Plus treat training stuff too. So we do treats in the morning before we eat. Um, just because the, the kibble is dry and it takes him forever to crunch it, whereas the soft treats, he can do it pretty rapidly. Um, so his food right now, we're kind of adding water to it. We're kind of not adding water to it sometimes, which sounds ridiculous. But yeah, he's getting better with the crunching. And we noticed the same thing when we had Gypsy is it took a while for them to be able to crunch it and eat it and not refuse it or not eat anything. Um, his binder, we started his binder and I have another whole video on that because we do binders for our service dogs and everything that's included in there. Uh, if you guys have a service dog, if you're thinking of getting a service dog, please do want to do a training binder for him. It'll keep you so much more organized. And we have our index cards and our rich index cards because off topic, um, but I started doing hand lettering and that means writing real pretty like calligraphy, but not. Uh, so I want to redo all my cards. So they're written real pretty. So he just got me a whole bunch of new cards. Um, so we can redo and have Django his own cards, but this is what we're working on with him so far. 
uh, touch. That's actually the first thing we taught him was touch, um, which is touch your nose to my hand. Um, and that means come from across the room can be a touch, right? So we're doing touch. Uh, we're doing sit. Kind of started down, but not really. Uh, I stand, we've done that a little bit more. Find, which means I drop a treat and they get it. Pause up. A click, because we're doing clicker stuff with him. A click ends the behavior. So if he's sitting and I click, I don't want him to sit while I give him a treat. This is Nipopo stuff. So I want him to spring out after I click. That ends the behavior. So he sit. I click him. He jumps up and he comes and he puts his paws up on me, like demanding that food. Because he's like, give me that. I know I earned it. So that's what we're doing with him. So we're naming that pause up. Um, look, which is look at me. And then um, place. We've just started place. So that's the, the keys that we've been working on. What's that? Two, four, six, eight. But here's the kicker, guys. I'm not luring him into sit. I'm not luring him into any of these. I'm not taking the treat and saying, look at me. I'm not taking the treat and moving it over his head. I'm not doing the treat down to get him to down. I'm not doing any of that. I am only strictly capturing the behavior. So I will set him up for success. But if he sits, I'm going to click and treat. If he, uh, he got up on place on his own today, a couple days ago. And so I clicked and treated for that. Well, now place is a good thing. So if I catch him up on place, I can click and treat that. And as he's doing it, will you sit for the example? He sits on his own. I click and I treat. After a few times of sitting on his own, clicking and treating, he'll sit on his own before I click, before I click. I'll say sit, click, treat. And remember, I want him to bounce out of that sit and put his little paws up on me like, okay, where's my treat? So that's what I want. So he sits. I say sit, I click, he jumps up on me, he gets his treat. And as he's doing it, and as he's like, okay, dude, I totally got this, my butt's down, I can start asking for it before he puts his butt down because he's figuring out what it is. He's getting into more trouble tonight, Richard. Um, so it'll be Sorry. sit, he sits, da -da 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 -da. click, he springs up, he gets his treat. Um, which is really funny because I was editing some videos today from one of the docs who was in boot camp a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, well, I was watching it. I was looking on Instagram because we have all the little video clips from before. And he heard us say sit and he clicked and it clicked. And you know what he did? He comes running over to me. He sat and he looks at me like, ah, I heard sit and a click. Where's my treat? Of course I gave him a treat because that was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Um, then he did that. So make sure you do your binder and your index cards. Um, toys and chews. So he likes stuffed toys. I call them stuffies. He loves those. I've given him a Kong and he didn't know what the heck to do with the Kong. So he loves the stuffed toys. So we've been doing BarkBox. And since Arrow's been gone now a number of months, our BarkBox supply of stuffies has not been decimated yet. Because apparently Arrow was the one who was killing them all. Um, so we have a whole bunch of them. Um, we actually need to hose them off and run them all through the washer because the dogs take them outside and we have sand. So they will get coated in sand, which is a little bit gross. Uh, so he likes the stuffed toys. Um, so we'll do those. I have some of those. Uh, what are they called? It's called a, a churro, but it's like a yak milk hard chew thing. I, I got a pack of three of them. I've given him two and Gypsy keeps stealing them. So he doesn't get them. But I got them for his crates. We had something to work on. Um, he doesn't care for them, though. So you can get different chew toys. I do not like Nyla bones because it's plastic. If you're going to give your dog something, give him something that's actually an edible chew. But if it's soft plastic, 
It's still they eat it. They eat it. They eat it. It's so gross. Um, because all dogs are gonna eat it. Yeah. So you don't want even shaving is a plastic for your dog to be eating those. You know, they're gonna eat it. I thought if he's just bending it. No. Putting teeth marks in it. So that's again, Rue saying, "Get away from me! I want the toy." And Django's like, "But it's my toy, and I really like it." It's not your toy. Go get him some more toys. Okay, where is the toy that they had? Just find me. I don't know. Gypsy stole it. Um, so, so it's the fun thing, right? With the dogs, um, they've done tug stuff, Gypsy and him, he's got a hold of towels and all, uh, and, and it's fun, but toys, um, we haven't done ball yet. Um, we haven't done tug tug because he has puppy teeth. Uh, and we're trying to put that off until gold school, uh, food. He does, like I said, he does eat twice a day. He eats two cups each. Um, plus, he gets some extra training sessions. The food that we are currently feeding is Purina Pro Plan. Um, because of DCM, and since we have Golden, and since we're getting a Doberman, we went to Purina Pro Plan, and we order it from Chewy. So we get like a 50-pound bag for like $50, and Chewy delivers it as we need it. So we ordered on Friday, and we just got it on Saturday. Um, and it's purple on the bag. But it works out really good. They like it. They all seem to like it. Um, the clicker, we do want to charge the clicker with dynamite. Because we want it to be not be like, yeah, okay, I guess. We want it to be like, yes, please give me more. Uh, and like I said, that's how we're doing it. So what I did is I wrote down what I wanted to teach him. And how can I do this? Doing the least amount of work possible. <laughs> now, it sounds silly, but they do, right? Like, who wants to have to lure their dog into a sit and then lure him into a down every single time? Work, work smarter, not harder, right? Exactly. I, I was listening, see? So what you want to do instead is think, okay, how can I do this? By the way, vacuum cleaner parts are not dog toys. But he really likes it. So let's do not get them. Well, then put it up. Don't put it on there because he's going to okay. grab it again. We'll put it right here. Okay. By the way, little intermission thing. I don't see how Vicky stays concentrating on this. On Yeah, the camera. Sorry, i got to stay in the camera view because... If you look straight ahead, that's where our window is, and all the goats are walking back and forth. And if you look closer, the dogs can be running around playing outside. And all the time, dogs come up here. I don't have ADD, and he does, but he doesn't believe that he has ADD. So. And, uh, and look. Toy. <laughs> See? Dog. That's oh. rude. Okay, let him go. Ah, Django. Actually, put Rue out in the house. Rue hangs out in the bedroom for some reason. So, uh, so like I said, how, how can I do this? Rue a thousand miles an hour all day long, and then when he's done, he, he sleeps in the room and just rests. Okay. So here's the puppy. Here's and then Django. the puppy harasses him while he's trying to rest. Do you harass him? Yeah. No. Okay, you see that? He's tired and he needs more yeah. sleep. No bitey face. <laughs> totally we we don't want to pay bitey face. And, then he, and probably saying no and then telling what it is. <laughs> and he likes to eat my hair. So anyway. when he's acting like a jerk, he gets held like probably a baby. Isn't the best. Okay, anyway. And he doesn't like it, and he squirms, and that means that pressure comes on, and he doesn't get to squirm away. Squirming does not get you what you want. Just squad like Yeah, I'm not going to pop his head off. No, okay, good. Yeah, good boy. And okay. then he goes okay. down. So whenever he is calm... The calm gets you released. When you're in your quiet crate, quiet, good, gets you released. Whining and barking at me does not get you out of your crate. It gets a bonk. Um, squirming whenever I'm in my, you're in my arms gets squeezed. 
biting when you're in my arms, biting at my face gets you flipped upside down like a baby. So there's consequences to everything. Okay. And, and like I said, you saw that that's him being tired because usually he'd lick me in the face. I think you might have to, maybe not. Everything is always like, I think he has to pee. Um, but while we were watching Game of Thrones on Sunday, we had the, the dog room. So great time or no great time? No, not yet. Um, we had the dog room um right. dog door trying to stop my wall accessible right so he was going in and out him and gypsy they were playing they were going in and out it was super cute and we didn't have to worry about anything but yeah so how, how can i do this so i waited for him to sit and i sat now and i clicked now i have the added bonus of having gypsy and gypsy knows all this stuff so if he sees her sitting and getting a treat sometimes they can be like hmm i can figure this out um but whenever he's sitting and looking at me and I want him to down, it could be a little bit harder because he doesn't want to down. He's like, well, wait a minute, I want to, I'm sitting. So that's where you teach guys, you teach in opposites. So if you teach sit, you want to teach stand or down or all three of them together. Um, if you're teaching, whatever you're teaching hold, you want to teach let go, okay? Um, you want to teach place, you want to teach come, you want to teach an opposite. So one doesn't become stronger than the other. So like if I only taught sit or I taught sit first forever, he is not going to know anything other than sit. And that's going to be his default behavior. And I don't want sit to be a default behavior. I want sit down and stay, stay, sit down and stand to all three be equal. Okay. So that's a big one. Uh, we also, he went on his first outing. When did he go out? Saturday? Was it Saturday? Sunday? Friday, I don't know. One day, Rich had to go into Walmart to pick up a couple things, and we decided to go with him, me and Django. And I have not introduced him at that point to a prong collar or an e-collar yet, so we put a harness on him and just did that. And we just sat in the front of Walmart on the bench right inside the, the store there and just watched the world go by. He didn't want to eat. That's fine. He is just going to sit and watch. And we started him on prong the next day. Um, we're going to do slip lead two and just see which one he takes two more, but we have, and I know the first question in everyone's mind is what kind of monster puts a harness on a dog like that? I know. Okay. But anyway, we'll, 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 move on. we'll move on. Um, he also has his own little chameleon. So when we ordered, I ordered two, um, one for, for gypsy and one for him. So this fits him. Um, this is his chameleon collar. So guess how he's learning this? He's already had this on a couple times. We've done a few training sessions with it. Um, it's great for his food. With his food, he has one of two ways he earns it. Training or just click treat or e-collar treat, e-collar treat, e-collar treat. And when I say treat, I mean food, reward, you know. But, yeah, so he's, he's learning that. He's learning that the e-collar is a good thing at nine weeks old, which is flipping awesome. Um, but otherwise, like I said, he's on a harness when we're out until I introduce him to the prong collar and he's doing good with it because I want that pressure on that neck to mean something. I don't want him pulling. I don't want him to learn that he can pull into it. I don't want to hurt his throat. I don't want to hurt his neck. I don't want to hurt his trachea um, from pulling. I don't want him working um, because that's never any fun. Um, People coming over, he's seen people coming over, he's gone up to them. Um, dogs coming over to a degree, uh, you know, he'll go up to the dogs we have here on boot camp, who, he'll go up to dogs who come over to a degree, uh, not to every single dog. Uh, what else have we been doing? Um, his poo, you notice we were, I was saying yesterday, he's making good poo. Uh, if they're stressed, it can be softer than usual, um, but you know, eating wise, uh, you know, whenever it comes out good. So it was soft serve for a while and now it's firming up and it's more like Tootsie Rolls, but not hard Tootsie Rolls. 
Um, so, you know, you want to notice your dog's stool, what's going on with it. Uh, you want to keep him healthy. So he just got his shots before we picked him up. So he'll be doing about two more weeks um, for his next set of shots. I actually need to write that on my calendar so I make sure that I call the vet and make an appointment so we can go in and get them. Um, I try to put off rabies as long as I can. I know it's supposed to be at four months old. Um, we'll do it then, but we'll try to push it off as long as we can because I only do one vaccine really at a time. I don't want to overload them with, you know, three or four different vaccines because that's too much. We are in the country, so you think you do rabies as soon as possible. But then again, he's our puppy and we're keeping an eye on him the whole time. So, so it's not like humans or anything. With rodents all the time, he is. No, I mean, still, still just the idea that you do want to do rabies and you do yeah. want to keep it up. Oh, and we totally have, will, yeah. You want to have really good records of all your shots. And all yeah, and well, that goes in the training binder too. Yeah. So every vet bill goes in the training binder for them. So Claire, answering some questions here. So if you guys have any questions or Rich, if you think of something else, Claire said, did the breeder choose the dog or did you? Um, yeah, Ivan did choose because Ivan has experience doing guide dog stuff. He's been breeding for so long and I trusted him. If you trust your breeder, let your breeder choose because your breeder's been with them 24 seven for how long now? Um, whereas you see them for maybe an hour. And if that's the case, you know what you're going to choose is you're going to pick the puppy who ran up to you first, who tried to jump up in your arms, who wanted to go home with you. Oh, you mean the pushy puppy or the one in the corner who was so sad and he just looked like he needed you to love him. Oh, the shy, nervous, fearful puppy um, or whatever. We use the Volhard puppy test um, and to get we want mm, threes and fours, but that's not always you're well, trying to hedge your bets. The idea is, is, is let's say you're really, you're really on top of things and you decide, okay, I'm going to use the Volhard puppy test. You're pretty good at it. And you, and you get yourself a good idea what the dog's like and you're getting the dog at that moment, which, which is good. That's about the best you can do, but the breeder knows the, knows them. And if you trust the breeder and, and you, you, he really knows what you want, you've really got a, you know, well, when we breed, you I'm not letting them choose. a whole lot of weight to what the breeder says. Yeah, I'm not letting people choose when we breed. They'll get based on the Volhard test with what they need and match them up. Right. I remember, do you remember Kayla? Whenever she bred, um, she did two litters with her Doberman, and she was going and matching up everybody and making sure they got the right dog. And I think that is so important because if not, you're getting the dog who's prettier. Well, Dobermans, Goldens, Mal Malinois have more markings than Dobermans and Goldens well, do. Well, if, it, if it's a breed, it's if it's, it's a the certain Volhard. breed, they're all going to look the same, right? And that's what I'm saying. It's, Mal's have some different, you the know, they can have a lot of different, the, yeah. different but Goldens colors, pretty bit, much look the bit. same. Um, Dobermans pretty much look the same, depending yeah. on what color, if it's all so the little black and brown. You have to go by, yeah. um, uh, you kind of, I mean, we just have to, if we're going to breed dogs, we're going to have to in hand, make sure we give advice to which one they should take. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to just have to be as true to matching them up as we can. Yeah. We're not going to play any games with holding anything back because it just wouldn't work. It would be just the too much of a pain. Other thing is whenever we do it, it'll be based on order to a degree. But sometimes people are like, well, I have the, the red collared female available. Well, that's great. What's her personality like? That's what I would rather know is what's her personality like versus – I got pick of the litter. Well, when we got Gypsy, I wanted pick of the litter because I knew what I wanted, and she gave me pick of the litter. Um, Ivan didn't give us pick of the litter, but I knew if even if we had to wait a few more months, I knew what I wanted. And I think that is really important because it's so much more important than I got the pretty one. I got the one who smiled at me. Oh, golden smile, you know? Um, okay, so we got Terry asks, how do you help a dog get over the stress panting while in the car? 
Um, so with him, he screamed and ki-i-i'd on the drive home. When we went in town um, to Walmart and to Tractor Supply, we needed to go to both. Uh, Rich wanted to take the truck. So we took the truck and Rich drove and I held him. And now that was a pain because he wanted to be squirmy. So those people who were like, oh, I don't want a crate in the car for the dogs. A baloney, you don't want a crate in the car for the dogs. You want a crate in the car because if not, he's squirming in your arms. And Rich wanted the windows down. And I'm like, the windows can't be down because we have the puppy, which we're not used to traveling with a puppy. And you don't want the puppy to. Yeah. What if he leaped out of my arms and he ran into the floorboards at Rich's feet? Well, you got another situation, another situation of uh, um, a dog running around having no idea what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And if he's in a crate, he won't be running around doing that. And and he knows what he's supposed to be doing in the crate, probably sleeping or resting or being in one place, um, thinking about what he's supposed to be doing, you know, that sort of thing. If he's pacing, running all over the car, he could get himself trouble. He could make himself more nervous. He could pit all over it. Um, you get nervous wondering if you're doing the right thing and having no idea what you're supposed to be doing. That's where all the problems come up, right? Yeah, almost definitely. So one of the things that we do is by getting him comfortable in his crate here at the house, that'll transfer over. So when he's in the car, crate in the car, it won't be as bad. Um, I use essential oils. So I use calming essential oils with him. I'll make sure that I exercise him ahead of time. Because remember what I said, they're up for like an hour to two tops and they're tired and they need to sleep some more. Oh, speaking of, don't move your chair. Guess who's right behind you sleeping on the ground? Oh, yeah, yeah. I told you. Didn't I just tell you he was biting my face and being tired? And I, I told you he needed to go to sleep. Um, so sometimes... No, he's me, not sleeping. Well, he's resting. Well, he just because grew. He was sleeping. All the dogs are back here now, though. Uh, so we'll do that and get him tired and everything else. So then he'll sleep happy in the crate. Uh, if I have another dog who rides well, I'll put them in the car. Uh, the first, remember when we picked up Rue and we were driving him home, I had him in my arms because it was a much shorter trip, I think about half hour, and uh, and he was just drooling, and it was so disgusting. Uh, so it does happen. Another thing you can do is without running the car, feed him in the car, um, put him in the car, not with food, and just go up and down the driveway, go around the block, make him really short trips, just go in the car, start it up, run it for a few minutes and shut it off with the dog in there with you. Uh, you want to desensitize the dog to it. And if the dog's doing good, make it fun, make it happy. Maybe he really loves the peanut butter Zooks treats. So he only gets those whenever you're working with him in the car. Um, you know, like I said, it's more enticing to them than their own kibble, which is why I like to start with them, especially it's easier for them to eat. Uh, so Crystal says, you just got them. Yep. And Vicki, we just spoke today and she's wonderful. I can't wait to meet her and work with her. Um, Kimberly says, how do you pick the right dog when the dog is still young? Is there things that look for uh, to know if the dog won't work out uh, while the dog's still in training? When do you decide to wash a service dog or to keep trying when the dog is still young? So what we do, Kimberly, is you know what the most important thing is, is the parents and the breeder. So I, I listened to one of Michael Ellis's podcast things. I think it was well, Michael there's, Ellis there's, saying there's, about that. Um, and I liked it breed things that you have to be careful of there's yeah. um there's just does the dog hate the job well so does, if you told me would the dog do be really good at some other job are there something else <laughs> well rue we got rue to train him up he'd much rather herd dogs so we her herd yeah. cows so we let him herd reality rue can rue can go into a restaurant and go in public he's been at disney i also go to disney and he can fake it for a while but but it just it just he doesn't have heart and soul for well, it. Well, it's just torture for a cat for a cow chasing dog to um uh, to 
walk nicely and be polite in a crowd and and play the game of, of waiting in lines and sitting in rent and you know restaurants and that sort of thing and it's just killing them so we could you can't do that to a dog so you couldn't be a service dog that's just how it goes so that's why we like to stick with the breeds who are known for being service dogs i like goldens black and yellow labs and standard poodles i'm adding doberman to my list but it has to be a healthy Doberman from the right breeders. You know, we've seen some some good dogs, some good service dogs of every breed. He just knocked his can over again, but luckily it's empty now. Um, we've seen good dogs from every breed, but you wanna go, don't look for the unicorn guys. What? Don't go and get what them. Is the okay. Don't go and get the most vicious guard dog breed. I'm gonna say Cane Corsa. Don't go and get them. They're not the most vicious, there's worse. And say, I'm going to make him into a service dog to show people that he can be the best dog ever. Don't do that. Go with the dog who's going to make it easy. Go with the dog whose family, whose, whose lineage has service dogs and or therapy dogs in it. That you know is calm. That you know is good. That you know listens. Don't go with this dog. I couldn't meet the parents because they were so aggressive. And um, they were just crazy bad. And I felt really bad for them. So I'm going to make them into a service dog. And actually, yeah, it's it's not the time. I mean, choosing a service dog or choosing that sort of thing is, is not the time to prove a point to everybody. Not at all. No, I mean, I mean, you, you don't really want to do that to yourself. I mean, like, look, everyone, I made my bulldozer into snowshoes and, and, and we can go skiing on it. Well, yeah, but so, you know, like, okay, you really proved everybody that that bulldozers can turn into skis somehow, you know, I mean, I mean, or boats. <laughs> bulldozers uh, can become a boat, huh? Are you, you going to use Flex Seal? No, but the point is, the point is, you know, like, like pick one that you know is really, you know, ask around, figure it out, pick the one that you know is really going to do a good job and then go with that. Don't pick the one that you're going to prove a point to everyone with. And, um, uh, and, and, and every dog, if you if you open up the mouth of a golden retriever, and then open up the mouth of of a um, German Shepherd or a, or a I don't know um, a Rottweiler, they both got the same teeth more or less, right? I don't know. Chihuahuas and Great Danes yeah. have different teeth. Yeah, they both got a pretty loud bark. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, they're all dogs. Pick the one that's good at the job you're choosing them to do. Don't don't get one that's that's gonna be a challenge. You know. To show or some service dogs need to be easy, guys. That is huge. Is they need to be yeah. easy because the work part is going to be hard enough. Yeah, there is a lot to do. Don't take yeah. this service dog should not be rehab project. Somebody just posted on our Dream Dogs page. So the point is, it's that's why you wouldn't pick something that's that's out of the ordinary because it's already going to be hard enough. There yes. we go. Okay, it is. It's going to be wicked hard, yeah. and anyway. you need to do it. So somebody just posted that they took a dog that they had for a month and had three bites on people during that month. It was a rescue and they made it into a service dog. And I'm like, why are you proud of this? Why are you doing this? Well, and it's, it was it's through... to prove a point then, right? Exactly. So, That's the only thing it could be. Don't bother. Don't bother. Other, other people prove their points, you know, whatever. Don't bother with that. Um, uh, choose one that you know is going to do great. Um, choose a breed that you know that you know. Pick the, pick the one out of the litter that you know is going to do great. Make everything about it the one that you know is really going to do good. And then work your hardest and maybe they'll do great. You know, there it's still going to be. Don't don't make it harder on yourself. Totally, yeah. And that I told this person, I said, you realize that 
with having a dog with an unbite history that you're taking out as your service dog, if your dog bites me, my dog, my kid, my husband, anything, I'm suing the pants off of you because you knowingly took a dog with a bite history out in public like that. Not only am I suing you, I'm suing the organization that you worked with because this person was with an organization. And why would you set yourself up for liability that way? Uh, so, and I'm sure, I'm sure if you talk to a lawyer, lawyer, your lawyer is going to say like, yeah, I want a new Ferrari. Go ahead and go ahead and, and train Cujo to be a service dog. We'll, we'll fight that in court for the next 20 years. Well, we've joked you and I that we could go and take an most aggressive dog in the shelter, put a couple weeks onto him and put a vest on him and say he is a service dog, but it doesn't mean he's a service dog. Just putting a vest on him doesn't make him a service dog. He needs to be the right dog. So how do you pick the right dog? Know the parent breeder, trust both. I don't do rescue dogs because I have to know this stuff. If every dog was put down in that line because of aggression after the age of two, you can't use that dog as a service dog. But how do you know that? How do you know the breeder set this dog up for success? How do you know this dog was given proper nutrition as a puppy and the mom was given proper nutrition, proper medical care? How do you know that they didn't all die of cancer at three years old? Because you go with a good breeder. Um, so things I look for uh, to know is how are they? How are they in different situations? How are they around different dogs and people, distractions? How do they recover when everything's don't go their way? How are they if somebody would come up and startle them? You know, what is their default setting? If their default setting is meh, whatever, that's good. If their default setting is I kill you now, that dog's not going to make it as a service dog. Um, what we also want to look for but, is but it could, it, with with some work, you could become a great dog that doesn't want to. It could be a fine pet doesn't dog. Doesn't want to go around killing people, and he works spend his time working on that and become yeah. a great member of society and the. And but the not a service ever. dog. But 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 don't don't make it harder on him and and not work on uh, that part as much and then take it farther than that you've already got your work cut off for you is to you know work on the problem yep work on the problem at hand that'll be his project that'll the be third the time he's knocked over his can it's right there it's right it's empty it's 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 not you know it's just it doesn't matter okay anyway it's setting a precedence okay so uh so yeah so that's what you want to look for guys and it's not that there's anything wrong with that per se but it's not going to make a good service dog. So you want to make sure there is. How's the bond? Does the dog enjoy it? Um, like Rue, when I got back from Silver New Popo School, I was going to make Rue my backup service dog. Rue didn't want to work for me. Okay, you hear that? That's my duty calling. I've okay, got to go deal with him. All our dogs are back here, so shut this door so they can't escape. New dog in. we got to show him he's loved. See you later. He'll be back, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, so we want to to just, like I said, do do all that stuff, right? Uh, bond. I'm going to stay on track, man. I promise. The bond with you. Does the dog like working? Does the dog like working for you? Rude didn't like working for me. He doesn't. He'd much rather work for Rich or Luke or anyone else other than me, which is fine. It's fine with me. So he didn't get trained as my backup, which is fine. Um, but you need to understand that too. If the dog hates doing it, how fair is it to make him do it? Now, if I need a backup service dog, like he has worked as backup service dog before we quasi-retired him. Uh, but that's why we have Candy coming, hopefully this week, and why we have um, Django is to train up. Now, Django, and here's part of it too, because I need mobility stuff, he's huge. He's huge for a puppy, right? Um, he, and Candy is two inches taller than Arrow, so Arrow is 24 inches at the withers, which is where the neck meets the shoulders and back. Um, she is 26. Arrow was 24. Malin should be 24 to 26. So I'm hoping that he's hitting the 26 inch end. 
And of course, males are usually bigger than females, which is why we went with a male Malinois. But we went with a female Doberman because our goal would be to breed her to help our breeding program, um, you know, for service dogs, which is our end goal. So if you can find a breeder who's breeding for something, what are they breeding for? Are they breeding for money? Don't go with them. Are they breeding because their female came into heat and there's a male across the way who could do it? That's not the right reason to do it. Um, did they pass all their health testing? Well, Gypsy's passed her genetic testing and she's going to do health testing this summer. Uh, you know, why? What's going on? Why? My goal is service dogs. My goal is to make amazing service dogs and awesome family pets. That's my goal for breeding. And if she has 10 puppies and we saw five puppies, five puppies go into the program and they'll be available as started puppies. Right? Makes sense. Or maybe we'll sell only five puppies and keep those five and hold them back for a little bit. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Um, Vicki asked, do you recommend who, do you recommend insurance for your puppy, both accidental and preventative? That is totally up to you. If you want to do that, I don't have it. Now, when I registered him with AKC, uh, we got like a month of insurance and looking at it, it's about $30 a month. Okay. And that covers like shots and stuff um, for like, I think it's 60 a month that covers like the wellness visits and like getting him neutered. Well, he's not getting neutered. I don't do their teeth. They get raw chicken instead, raw chicken with the bones. Um, you know, we don't do, uh, we do the Sorestro collars. I don't do flea preventative monthlies. Um, I don't do the normal heartworm, the heart guard stuff. And so we do cattle ivermectin. So there's a lot of stuff that it covers that I don't need, but you might need. And that's fine. There's no problem with that. Um, our biggest so far was when Arrow was diagnosed and we had to, we found out about it here and we had to drive him to UF and that was about a thousand. So at 360 a, um, a year, $30 a month, 12 months out of the year. And he, he was with us for about five years. Yeah, we still paying out of pocket work for us. Okay. Um, but look into it. If you find something good, please, Vicki, let me know because I would love to look into it a little bit more especially since we have Gypsy, who's almost two. We have Django, who's nine weeks, and we have the Doberman, um, two and a half years coming in. Um, and that's part of it, too, is who do we insure? It's kind of like taking a crapshoot of, I don't know, who's going to be sickest? Uh, Crystal asked, how much should a puppy stay in the crate? Um, we, we talked about that earlier because we saw it earlier, and uh, a lot. <laughs> Probably 18 to 20 hours a day the puppy should be sleeping. And that's sleeping on you, sleeping next to you right now, underneath the table. He's like right here. And Gypsy's sleeping with her little head on my foot. Uh, how much do you, what do you feed the puppy? We do the purine of Proplan. Um, so you feed him twice a day, two cups each time. Yes. And he doesn't finish it all, which is how I know I'm doing good. Gypsy comes in and finishes it. So if he would eat it and want more, I would up it. But he doesn't finish it. He leaves some behind. So because he leaves some behind, I know that that's the right amount for him. Uh, how do you know if a dog's a good candidate for service training? Uh, how are they around distractions? Uh, how are they in new environments and situations? Um, that's where I like to start. Puppies, I will start puppies right away unless if I see big red flags. My big red flags is um, does the puppy come out and pee when he sees me? Does he bark at new people? Um, is he trying to kill new dogs and people? Um, is he hiding behind his owner? If I don't see those big red flags, you're pretty good to go because puppies, you could mold a lot. Um, so for Django, whenever he was getting cranky and snarky, if 
I let him do that and let him keep getting cranky and snarky. Or if I thought, oh my God, I have to wash him because look, he got snarky with my cat and showed his teeth. And, rrr, rrr. No, he's a puppy trying things to see what works. And now he's a tired puppy trying to see things and see what works. So we just will adjust his environment to set him up for success. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Holly, uh, part of it's a crapshoot, a coin toss and hope and prayers on a dream. But no, honestly, I think part of it also is the more we set them up. So when I got him, he's my service puppy. He's my service dog in training from the moment I took him into my arms. That's what he was. He is not a pet that I'm going to evaluate in the future. He is a service dog in training. And because of that, one of the things I found is I'm less likely to get him, let him get away with things that I might let him go away with. Oh, he's a puppy. Puppies do that. Puppies bite at my face. It's okay. No, it's not okay. Service dogs can't do this. Um, well, he doesn't know sit, but that's okay. He doesn't need to know sit. Yes, he does. Service dogs need to know sit. Uh, so I think a lot of it is that mindset. So we start them as young as eight weeks old because this is your life. This is what I expect from you. Now, you have a lot of fun and games too, but this is what I expect from you as a service dog. And then what we do is we evaluate all the time, but we do our big evaluations at six months, a year old, and a year and a half and two years old. Do they like it? Are they good at it? How are they doing out in public? How are they doing with their tasks? Uh, for me, six months old, the puppy should be able to earn their canine good citizen six to a year. In a year, they should be able to pass public access and get their two advanced canine good citizens. Um, I usually do things a little bit faster just because that's what I do, guys. Um, but, but yeah, so how do you know? Part of it, too, is what tasks do you want? Uh, you know, how's your dog? How comfortable are you taking your dog out in public? Uh, start with pet friendly. Start with Lowe's, you know? But yeah, yeah. And Holly, we can talk about it this week, too. Uh, let's see. Crystal says, was he ever a little nervous around other dogs or was he always fine with them? Whenever we had him out for group class, we had five dogs. I want to say five dogs, a group who came out here and he was like, holy crap. And he didn't like it. And like I said, he was overly tired by about four hours overdue for his nap. So he was really cranky. Um, so he, he was very unsure about that. And so he hid underneath my chair. Um, but he's been great with all the other dogs that he's met. So we'll see how he is when we do group this weekend. I keep telling Rich, I want to take him to Disney or Universal this week. And he's like, he's not ready for it yet. And I'm like, but it'd be fun. Gypsy went when she turned nine weeks was when we went. But yeah, but it worked that way. You know, like we just went, we practiced, did some training in the park and then um, Disney and Universal. So I want to get him there probably next week is my guess because Gypsy, I started on prong day one and him, I did not start on prong day one. Um, so Jane says, Remy has several toys from BarkBox that she's lost interest in. We'd like to donate them to you if you'd like them. They're in excellent shape. Oh my goodness, Jane, they would love you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I know we're going to see you on Sunday when we get Remy in for boarding or well, for boot camp. Um, so yes, yes, please. Oh, I also believe I have your um, sweatshirt here from last time you were here. Crystal says, how do you build treat drive in puppies? This is a good one, Crystal. So here's backstory. So you guys know we had Arrow the Malinois. We got him. He was six or seven months old, and he didn't have toy drive. So we built toy drive, but we built an obsession. Because of that, we built the toy so high, build the opposite, which is out. We didn't build that. So he always had a problem with out. And... 
you have to be careful because once they get into drive, it's hard to get them out of drive in different situations. So how I build treat drive in puppies is they work for their food. They don't work, they don't eat. So puppies, they're usually a little better than adult dogs. Um, but I'll use treats for it as well, you know, because it's easier for them to eat. And we'll start right away with anything. You look at me, click treat. Um, you sit, click treat, just anything. And I usually got it within about a week. The dogs are like, yes, please, I love you. Give me more food. Uh, if I crinkle the bag and they come running, woohoo. Uh, if I was trying to get Jen go to nap today, we were in the dog room working with some dogs and uh, he's just falling asleep on me. And uh, they use a clicker and he's like, where's my treat? I wait, wait, let me down, let me down. That's pretty awesome. And like I said, we've had him less than a week. Um, but I'm not going to act like a jerk and be like, look at me. I'm not going to be a cheerleader over it. I'm going to use as little energy as possible because of the spoons. I only have so many spoons to get me through the day. And if I waste all my spoons on getting my dog excited about treats, that is no spoons for me to do anything else. And I can't have that happen. So, yeah, we, we work it. It works out really good. Um, Crystal also says, my puppy does not feel the e-collar. Should I use the longer prong? Um, it depends on, usually the longer ones are for coat. They also have ones called uh, Martin Systems Chameleon. They call them feathers. Um, e-collar tech calls them wings. I like them a lot. So what we'll do is, uh, is switch them over to these. Uh, and that helps out a lot longer. Now, what you want to look for, Crystal, when you're introducing your dog to an e-collar is you don't want this. Um, you don't want them to twitch or to jerk or convulse or to show that they feel it because they felt it long before it, they show that they feel it. Okay, so Bart did this at Nipopo. Is he got a volunteer and put it on. And until their finger twitched, he kept going. And they got up really high. Well, guess what? They got up really high, but they felt it way lower, right? So your dog's the same way. So these people who are out there telling, oh, well, you use the e-collar until you keep going until your dog twitches. No, that, that's too high. So what I do with this one, this only has nine settings. So I just do it at a one, 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 one. That's what I recommend no matter what color you're using is just start it at a one. After a few days, if you want to do a two, do a two. After a few days, do a three. Because you probably don't have hundreds of dogs that you've worked with like we have. So you want to make it easier for them and you want to set them up for a long-term success okay um, michelle says rabies at 12 weeks usually at 16 weeks which is four months um it's usually not at three months old because they're too young for it then uh vicky asks what is the puppy test it's the volhard puppy test v-o-l-h-a-r-d and if you search for it online ask your good friend google a volhard puppy test she has it for you right there along with what each of the numbers mean so if you have like mostly threes i believe it is is on um, the the um, correlation is with very little work your dog will be the star of puppy class that's kind of what you want for a service dog like we just said you don't want something that's super difficult super a pain in the butt that you're constantly having to watch and and be nervous about how's he going to do today is he going to like bite children and attack them you want easy um, Melissa says, I'm picking up my lab puppy on the 11th. That's super exciting. It's coming close. Uh, and she also asked, why not chocolate labs? Because they're crazy. <laughs> We've had chocolate labs. Now, you, what you guys want to do, too, is look at what are the big organizations using? 
not these little organizations who go and pull dogs from shelters because Rich and I tried that a few years ago and guess what? It is really hard to find quality dogs in the shelter because rescues come and sweep them up. So if a uh, lab gets dropped off at the local shelter, lab rescue comes in and takes them and then lab rescue wants to charge four or $500 for them and doesn't want to put them in a house where they're going to actually have a job to do. Yeah. So what you're left with in a lot of the local shelters are the hodgepodge of what none of the other rescues wanted. For example, in Alachua County, animal services is where it was the clearinghouse basically for all the dogs. Any dog who was found or picked up went to animal services. And from there, all the local rescue groups pulled from. So if they found out they had like a Siberian Husky and they contact Siberian Husky Rescue of Florida who would come and likely take the dog. And then like this rescue takes little dogs and this rescue takes pit bulls and this rescue takes this type of dog. And this one takes ones with medical issues. So what's left at animal services? The dogs that none of the rescues wanted. And it's hard because if you're going that way to get a dog, you're out of luck. But anyway, um, chocolate labs just seem crazier. Um, most of the organizations use black or yellow. Whenever you talk to breeders, find out. Maybe they have calm chocolates, but usually the chocolates are just more high strung and more crazy. More crazier. Um, Michelle says, is it mandatory to have a dog on heartworm preventative? It depends on where you live. So we're in Florida where we don't get a, free, a frost or a freeze to kill off anything. Usually if you have a frost or a freeze to kill off, you don't need to do heartworm during that time because the mosquitoes are dead. But a heartworm prevention, preventative, is a misnomer. There is no heartworm preventative. All heartworm medication does is it goes back and it kills three months worth of heartworms. So realistically, you only have to give it four times a year. But because people forget or, you know, you don't want to be off a week and whoops, um, I do it about every other month because then it's still enough time. Um, and then in the summer, I'll do it every month just because why not? Um, and then I warm my dogs quarterly. And like I said, they get the Sorestro collars um, whenever it's summer. So it's good for eight months. So usually in the winter, I don't have to worry about it. But sometimes we get them and put it on them. If I see any fleas or if I think there might be, they're going to have their collars on. Uh, so, yeah, so mandatory. It's not mandatory, but it's a really darn good idea. Uh, Mary says, I raise German Shepherds for service dogs. That's good. Uh, Holly says, thanks, Victoria, you answered my question. And then where, where we'll meet, um, PM me. Um, Crystal says, Sable already knows three tasks. That's awesome. Um, does she know three tasks at home or out in public? Because it's different too. Uh, you want her to be able to do them out in public with distractions. Um, but that's good. Um, Michelle also says, Bailey's focused on me during walks now. That's good. And that's crazy. Um, Crystal says she knows deep pressure therapy and alerts, and she's amazing. That's good. And then Michelle was saying now she knows why shelter dogs. So, so what do you want to do your first week with your puppy is crate them a lot. Don't be a jerk about it and never let your dog out if he's whining. Because I think he has a potty, he comes out. You can have him on leash if you want to. If he doesn't potty, he goes right back in there. Whining does not get you out of the crate. Uh, now, here's one thing that happened through the night. One night is I had him out, he peed, he came in, I put him in his crate and he whined again, a little bit. And we're just like, I think he needs a potty, like he just went. So I took him back out and he pooed. So, you know, listen to your dog at times too. Don't just assume your dog's a jerk, but don't let him learn that whining gets him out of the crate. Don't let him learn that being a jerk gets him what he wants. Don't let him learn that 
when he squirms, he gets put down and he gets his own way. You know, all this stuff, guys, you are raising a service dog. This isn't just an any old puppy that if they're jerks, it doesn't matter. This is serious. Okay, Michelle says, now I know why shelter dogs don't work. Yeah, that and you haven't had them from the get-go. So you can't mold and shape. So if he has, if Django has a bad experience, I can file that away, look at it. What did I do wrong? How can I set him up for success? These are questions you want to ask yourself. I'm going to take my dog to Walmart tomorrow. How can I set him up for success? I can make sure that he just woke up from his nap, that he just pottied, that he's hungry so I can use some food for training, um, that I have the gear that he's used to using at home. Okay. What happens if we get there and he freaks out and he doesn't like it? What can I do? Well, Rich is there with me so he can take care of the shopping and I can focus on Django. And if it's too much, we'll just sit there and, and he'll behave. He'll be good. And if he can't, well, if he hides behind me, that's fine too. But I'm not going to pet, pet that because you pet what you get and you get what you pet. So if he's like nervous and fearful, and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You're just rewarding nervous fearfulness. And yes, you can do that. Uh, instead, what I did with Django, because he was a little bit unsure. So I told him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a cart. Yep, that's a squeaky cart. Yep, that's a little kid. That's a man. Just talk to him just like normal. So he didn't think if I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, <coughs> that's not what we want to have. So we just left it mellow and, and he got out and he wanted in my lap. So I let him in my lap and then we watched things that way and then we went outside. So what's the worst that can happen is he pees and poos. Well, then I'm going to have a cleanup kit. And actually this is part of my cleanup kit. I brought it back here to show you guys. Zip, I need to add more to it now that we have him. Ziploc baggie, paper towels, um, wipes, and they're sealed. So that means they're still good. I've got a bunch of wipes here. So what do I need to add? I need a couple gallon size Ziplocs in here and some more paper towels because that's not going to be enough depending on what type of mess he makes. Do not rely on the store to clean up your dog's mess and try not to let your dog mess in the store because they can't ask you to leave and not come back until your dog's potty trained. So you have to understand that too. This isn't a free for all. My dog pees in Walmart every time. Ha ha ha. Guess what your dog's learning to pee in Walmart every time. Um, so that is for the accidents. That's not the... Eh, it happens every time. So I don't give him that opportunity. So I'm not going to go too far into the store. We're going to go 10 feet into the store and go back out a few times. If he pees and poops, cool. We can go 20 feet into the store for less than five minutes because that's how things roll. Uh, how big is your puppy supposed to get for Django? Big. <laughs> I even said he's going to be huge. Um, so I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping 26 inches um, because if you look up now, let me look it up right now while I've got you guys on. Um, if you Malinois size, it comes up as yeah. Um, weight for males is 55 to 66 pounds. So arrow was 60 to 65. In height is 24 to 26 inches. So he was 24 inches. So I'm hoping in lifespan it's supposed to be 10 to 15 years arrow. Um, so I'm hoping at least 66 pounds, I'm hoping at least 26 inches. And if he's taller than that, you know what? That works out too. Because um, he's he's fantastic. He's a cutest little boy. And I don't know where he went to. Oh my God, no. Gypsy, I told you she was underneath the, the um, desk here curled up. Well, he curls up next to her and uses her as a pillow all the time. It's super cute. So that's what he's doing right now, is he's sleeping. So when we got Roma last summer, she whined in her crate. And so I put her in with Gypsy. I'm like, here, 
So they did that for about three days and then she was fine. So usually the crates hard, even if they were totally crate trained uh, at the breeder's house, going to the new environment that they've never been to before, they're gonna regress. They're gonna have issues with it. But like I said, I think it is so, so, so important to get your dog used to being in a crate and comfortable in a crate. Because if we had to drop him off at the vet, Rue cut himself on hog fencing last summer and he was bleeding. He had a gash and he was bleeding. And we caught up the vet and we said, you know, this is what happened. He says, yep, drop him off. We'll, we'll get him in when we can. So we dropped him off. They put him in a crate and whenever they could, they cleaned him up and they put him back in the crate and they called us and said, you can come and get him whenever you want to. He's ready. Okay, perfect. Uh, you go to a groomer. They're going to put the dog in a crate. We go to Disney or Universal and we want to go on a ride that the dog can't go on. So we either ride or swap or we put him in a crate. Um, I'm traveling. Put him in a crate. You know, like there's so many chances to use a crate. Even if your dog hates it at first, help him get over it. And then he learns that things he thought was scary aren't scary because that's going to grow that bond and that trust in you. Uh, so right now with Django, I'm doing the feedings. Um, we have water bowls out, so he has access to the water when he's out. I'm the one who usually takes him out to potty him. Her <laughs> just cleaned up a lot of his accents because Rich is fantastic that way. Um, but a lot of it is with me, which since I want him to be my service dog, that's what I want. But I don't want it to be only and ever me. So as we do it more, Rich and Luke will start taking up more responsibility. Uh, you know, they'll be able to give him hugs. Like I had him in my arms. So I wanted to go in the kitchen to get myself something to drink. And I gave him to Rich. And I said, here, hold, hold him for a few minutes. And Rich got to love on him. And that was super awesome. So, you know, I don't want it to just be me, even though he's going to be my service dog. I want him to have a good relationship with the other people in the household too. Um, because it's better that way. It's like, do you want your kids to have friends or only, only, only ever have friends with you? You want your kids to have friends outside of the home, right? Like that's what sane people want. That's what happens. But you need to be primary. So like I'm primary. So most of the stuff that we do is with me because I want that bond with me. Um, but it's not only ever me. So like Rich went and got him toys. That's fine. You know, Rich might let him out to potty him. Okay. That works too. Uh, it's not that Rich will never look at him or talk to him. You know, I want him to give the dog affection. You know, I want him, I want Django to be comfortable and confident in that. So if you guys don't have any other questions, next week we're going to talk about week two, what we've been working on. Um, this week we talked about why we went with the Malinois, how we chose the breeder, um, how we chose him out of the litter, which we didn't, Ivan did, which made it a lot easier. Uh, his first week with us, including the training binder and index cards, different toys and shoes, his food, um, charging the clicker, getting him started with that. And then if there's any issues, like I said, right now, biting isn't an issue. You know, a lot of people tell me that biting is an issue with their dog, but this is the first thing I tell them. Your dog is probably cranky. How much sleep is your dog getting? I've had people tell me they want to take their dogs with them, their service dog prospects out with them. Um, from eight in the morning until eight at night. That's too long. Like the dog, because I remember this one dog in particular was so bitey and unpleasant because he was so tired and it's not fair to him. They need that sleep. They need that downtime. So tomorrow we have to go up to Sam's and pick up our call-in order. I don't know what else we'll do while we're up there because they brought a bunch of shops up there. But 
I don't know if we'll take Jenko or not. I mean, Gypsy was at Sam's at this age, and especially with it just being go up and pick up the order, it would be nice to have him in the car, but it's also Sam's, and we always buy a lot of stuff at Sam's. So do I want to do that? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But he needs to go somewhere. Um, Crystal asked, what's the difference between Mouse and German Shepherds? Um, so we had a German Shepherd, and now we are in our second Malinois. I won't have another German Shepherd. Um, if we get a dog like that, I'll get a Malinois from here on out. They're healthier. They're smaller. And they're not 120 pounds, you know. Um, less neurotic tendencies from the German Shepherds. Uh, less health problems and better temperament. But they're also like a German Shepherd on crack. And uh, they're bitier. So they need to have that out. So like Arrow, we did tug. And we did um, sleeve work with them, you know, to give him that outlet for it. And you need to be on top of things. So most average people get a German Shepherd because you can handle Malinois. If you can handle a Shepherd and you want more and you can dedicate a couple hours, you know, maybe an hour a day to training your dog and keeping him mentally satisfied, talk to me. Come hang out with me for a bit and see if you really want a Malinois. That is one dog um, breed that we will not be breeding. Um, we're not going to be breeding Mal's. But if someone wants to use him as a stud, once he passes his health testing, that's going to be an open option for people. Um, but they're special. They're just, they're unique dogs. And I want to make sure that what we're breeding for, since our goal is service dog work, that we're breeding the dogs who make the best service dogs. And while I think males are better than German Shepherds, they need a lot more than most disabled people can give them. Okay. Uh, but yeah, check them out. Check them out online. So what we joke is that it's a, what's a Malinois? It's if it's a uh, alligator, a kangaroo, a velociraptor, some C4, and a Ferrari had a baby. Uh, Michelle says, yeah, my friend has a washed out police dogs and she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the training too. So uh, again, why I don't use the rescues is I don't know what type of training they've had. Uh, you know, he's clicker trained at nine weeks old. He's good with it. No, he's going to be better with it. Uh, but he's starting e-collar training at nine weeks old. And he's starting it the right way, which is pretty cool. So, so yeah, but that's that's what we're doing here. Um, so next week, like I said, stay tuned for week two. If you guys have any questions in the meantime, please feel free to um, private message me, which is PM. Uh, you can do it to Dream Dogs. You can do it to me personally. It's Victoria Warfel. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our podcast called How to Train Your Service Dog. We have a bunch of information up there. I've talked about picking puppies, I don't know how many times. Um, so go back and listen because I probably forgot to mention something that I mentioned in one of those videos um, or podcasties, audios. Uh, we also upload these to YouTube. So you can get on YouTube and look at them. Uh, I will try to put together some, uh, but they're really short sessions now, five minutes and under for him. So by the time I get the phone out and I don't have a tripod and I'd go get the tripod, I finally found it. It just, I haven't got videos yet. So I will, that will be my goal for this week is to get some videos of him working. So you guys can see where he's at at this age. Um, but yeah, yeah, message me, let me know what questions, and I will see you guys here next week at 5.30 p.m. on Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. 
um, or like I said afterwards on YouTube and How to Train Your Service Dog podcast. We also have How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group. We actually have two of them. One's for online members only and one's open to everybody. So the online members only, we try to post up on weekly challenges. Um, we'll post up different things. Um, people ask questions in there and I answer a lot more in there than I do in the public group because, you know, stuff. So, uh, so yeah, have a fantastic week. I'm going to go snuggle my puppy some and wake him up. Uh, and I will see you guys on the flip side.